Welcome to The Rodcast with Rod Turner, the show all about real estate. We discuss everything that affects asset-backed businesses, investments, and go deep into the details with some of the best in the business. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a workshop I'm putting on. This is a one-off event and all the money is going to charitable causes. Very sadly, a few weeks ago, someone took their own life as a result of getting heavily into debt from spending on property training schemes. All the money raised at this event is going to go into a junior ricer and a junior sip for the son that this man left behind. The day will be in London at a beautiful venue in St Catherine's Dock and it's for existing property portfolio holders or developers or property businesses and it's all about scaling and making business more efficient and understanding risk and reward. We have some fantastic businesses attending from private lenders to traders and developers and portfolio holders and coming from as far as Scotland and Malta. There's a link in the show notes, so please check it out and get your tickets there. It will be great to have you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second auction review. I am here with some fantastic guests to run through eight auction lots coming up, which are in the auction house catalogue for December 2019. With me, I have the pleasure of having Ranjan Bhattacharya, who has bought and uh, bought and held many uh, properties, I think, over the last 30 years from auction. Yeah, yeah. I've also got Piotr Ruznek and Jay Howard. They are both co-authors of Before the Hammer Falls, a fantastic book about buying and selling at auction. And Jay is also the auction manager, is that right, Jay? That's it, yeah. At Auction House London, which is where we are today. So first lot we're going to talk about is lot 15. Now, this is a building uh, made up of two flats in London SE6. It's got a guide price of £100,000. End of terrace building arranged with two self-contained studio flats. Both flats are subject to periodic tenancies, producing an income of just over 19000 per annum. It's freehold. One of the big issues here, though, is there is an enforcement notice against this property. So that's going to mean something troublesome. Add, to, add that to the fact that this has come up in auction maybe four or five times last Well, it was years? first off in 2014. Yeah. I looked up the history and it sold for 163k right. with 19k income. So that is already suspicious for a London property. And since then it was offered about eight times in the last five years. I think what I want to know is, I mean, auctions, you get deals, great deals in auctions, but they're also used by people to offload lemons. So how do you make lemonade out of what I think mm. is a bit of a lemon? Well, <laughs> That's I, a think, question. I think the key is understanding what this enforcement notice is. So yes. first thing is to go and have a look at that legal pack. I've got There's to no admit. legal pack available. Yet, ah, so. Okay, well, you can contact the council and ask about the enforcement notice there. Correct. And one of the things I'm going to assume, and obviously never assume, but for the purpose of this, is that it's been split into two flats and their studios, which shows that they, maybe they are, this was done under PD, maybe it didn't have the right cycle storage or bin storage to get that PD done. So that could be an issue. So if that did turn out to be the enforcement issue, one thing you could do is turn it back into a single dwelling to get, to get around the space or look at where you can create that cycle and bin storage if that was the issue. So again, it's just really understanding what that enforcement notice is because I imagine that that enforcement notice is stopping anyone from getting any form of finance on it or even reletting it because there may be licenses involved in that. My guess, and again, there's no legal pack and I haven't had the good fortune to read the enforcement notice or have any ganders at the uh, local authority search which would bring up uh, an enforcement notice issue is the address tells me the old stables is that originally perhaps this wasn't even a dwelling beforehand. So um, what you'd be looking at potentially is probably converting it back into uh, a stable. Mm. Um, Now, interestingly, there are little planning tricks and and loopholes when it comes to a question-use property where you you can go for certain types of planning and 
do all these interesting things. You'll need to speak to someone far greater in, in planning than I am. But um, there appears to be a way around this. Now, the cost involved in retrofitting it back into a stable to then convert it into a residence at a later stage may may be folly for the for the pound. But I mean, the, this been on the same tenancy as far as I can see based on the previous sales history for at least four or five years yeah. um, so I would probably take Rod's point that it's probably difficult to relet. Yeah, I would say that the finance would either be not forthcoming or, or very expensive uh, if you were to bridge uh, there are some bridges that may most bridges that won't um, but if you're looking to park some cash and, and to own real property asset in, in SE6 uh, with that income and that's it, good, good, it's yeah. a good income on the cash. It's a good income I mean, on the cash. just going back to what we think it is, next door you can see there's obviously a garage. So yeah. what one thing I would look at is what the use class of next door is, because it's highly likely that that is what the use class of that property Previously, was. Previously, correct. And then you can start to look at, right, where are the angles there? I've got a sneaky suspicion that it was under that or used as workshop storage something like that they've gone and tried to do a pd app and they put no cycle or bin storage because there doesn't seem to be anything there but again go and have a look into that listen guys i, I don't want to be controversial here but I don't, i'm not seeing this quite frankly uh, it, it seems to me it, it's likely that it's stables as you said if it is stables then i'm not sure whether there are pd rights for that Sort of use. I don't believe there is no. And so it, they may have got permission to convert it into a dwelling. And the issue here is it's a legal subdivision. The other thing that's the the other two issues that are very worrying is that it's it's kept on coming back into the auction. So a lot of people have had a crack at this, have failed to get past the enforcement notice issues, and therefore shoved it back in the auction. And this and the other thing is. Even if you were to get uh, were to deal with that issue, you've then got the added issue of the periodic tenancy and these guys having been in there for a long time. And there may be easier fish to fry than this particular deal, particularly with the amount of cash you're going to need to do this, because I can't think of a bridger on hand yeah. who would want to do it on those circumstances with the planning. So I'm, I'm not getting it, but I, I, I would, I would so argue it's, that it's a possible lemon. It, yeah, I, I definitely I think. I'm, I'm quite surprised this property is so early on in the catalogue, because <laughs> this is a perfect property to be at the end of the catalogue, where people missed out on a lot of lots, and they say, I want to buy something. This looks really good. I'll oh, buy this. A lovely bit of Lewis. What a great example from someone that sells in property, understanding those tricks of the trade that people do. It's just the way people make decisions. I mean, at lot 15, they can still expect to buy lot 20, 25. But at the end of the auction, like they're just sitting disappointed. Fantastic. And I want to buy something. And I actually had some clients who bought a property like that at the end of the auction and then just wanted to resell it after a couple of months. What's, one of the other things I would do on this is because it has come up in auctions so many times, is go back to those auctions that it's been sold in and have a look at the legal packs from those auctions to see if there's anything on that enforcement notice yes. that might give some other clues. By the way, Pio, you raised the point about it being. Uh, can you just tell our viewers um, how you found out that it was it had been at art auctions before? Yeah, definitely. So I covered this on our Facebook lives. Uh, uh, if you guys want to kind of review my Facebook lives, so I go to I use Essential Information Group yeah, yeah. portal, and that portal basically gives access to the uh, historical data of uh, properties being often launched in the last twenty five years. Yes. So that means uh, basically uh, we can see the street history of that street in the auctions, yes. and it it shows this property because it's uh, it's been offered so many times. Right, so quickly to sum up then, risks, we're looking at, obviously it's that enforcement notice is, is the big one, uh, probably unable to get finance and that periodic tenancy. Opportunities could be to repurpose that back into what it was originally used for and its correct use class and get an income from that dependent on the period on the periodic tenancy so looking at that it's if you want to park that 100 grand to get that income coming in whilst you look at it or maybe that's yeah. maybe like Ranjan says there's better things out there well the difficulty with a property that's got an enforcement notice especially one that looks like it's done the rounds for four or five mm -hmm. years probably means that the enforcement notice is probably frustrated 
The way to frustrate it further, if anyone wants to know, you can call me later. <laughs> uh, if you want to frustrate it further, what you can do is you can sell, you can create two titles. So to create two leases and then sell the two leases off. If you do that, you frustrate the ability to uh, for the council to convert it back into a single dwelling. Yes. Because there'll be um, individual leaseholders as well as a freeholder. It's not the right way to do something like that because even if you try to sell off the separate elements, they will fall under the same restrictions as the building as a whole in terms of there's still an enforcement notice and yes. it, it, you, you still have the issues surrounding uh, any planning or, um, or lack thereof. The interesting thing about this one, though, um, for me is uh, not many people realise this, but the standard fine for um, an enforcement notice, if it is the type that we think it is, is about £20,000. So it, that's that's a real impactful value. But, but I can, think another thing you will have here is the fact that you can't serve Section Twenty One notices because yeah. there's enforcement notices, and probably you also might be liable for repayment of the rent for the last year, two years. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the rent repayment order that would become uncomfortable. Yeah. So let's go around the table yeah. and ask our experts. Peel up lot fifteen. Deal or no deal for no you? No deal. Rod, deal or no deal for you? No deal, no deal. Uh, Jay? No deal, but I think it'll probably sell for 120, 140. Really? Yeah, because unfortunately the, it, it looks not too good to be true. I mean, the note is really very clear. Mm. There is an enforcement notice. Mm. If you choose not to read that, which is in the very centre of the page to be read and understood, then you'll probably end up like most people who had bought it and then weren't able to complete at previous auctions. It all comes down to being informed. Yes. Um, and for me, it's a no deal. And that's really part of the um, point of doing this, because they are, this will sell. Mm. And there are uneducated people who will just take a punt. And taking a punt at auction is very, very dangerous. Mm. Great. Okay, next one. so next lot. Who's up next? next? Oh, lot number 10. Yes. Oh, yes. This is an interesting one, I think. Because um, I think uh, what we are seeing recently is that London, and particularly central parts of London, have undoubtedly taken a little bit of a dip. Uh, they're off their highs, and it does represent a little opportunity to pick up some sizable, well-located assets for much less than they went for just a couple of years ago. And when the bounce back happens, which it will happen as soon as uncertainty is sort mm -hmm. of cleared up, the areas that came off the boil fastest will rise quickly on after that so that's fine that's future you can't really pay the bills on uh, that sort of thing but explain what this, it is? Oh, it, it, oh it's lot number 10 good point yeah, i forgot folks on the podcast <laughs> are not seeing it um if flat 14 is a flat it's a flat in london n1 hoxton and the great thing about it uh, it's a leasehold flat but it's quite a large flat it's on the second floor uh, it's got three bedrooms plus a reception room, plus a separate kitchen. So, and that's of a, of a four-story, what looks like a four-story... Yes, um, yes, of an of a attractive-looking... Yeah, not a bad it's not a ugly yeah. ex-council-looking block. No. Um, still plenty of time left on the lease, 102 years left. Um, now, the, I'll talk about the risks in a mo. Um, the, the thing I like about this is that the guy had a guide at 375, to get a three-bedroom flat in N1 Hoxton, mm. which has come off the boil, it's a very, very trendy area. It will mm. always be a nice... You're right um, by Shoreditch. It's exactly. Uh, yeah. It will be a good capital appreciation play, and I don't think you'll have to wait that long, no more than five years for that capital what? appreciation bounce. But in the meantime, it will rent well. Three separate rooms plus a lounge. Uh, you could buy that with a buy-to-let, assuming I'll have to go on a viewing see whether it's in letable condition, but you could tie that up with a buy-to-let loan and service that loan based on the rent. The risks are uh, I would need to check the lease and the service charge history to make sure that is not a big effect on right. cash flow. But even if you converted the reception room into a bedroom, uh, you've got four rooms there. You could do it as um, an HMO and because as long as you have one occupant per room it's an unlicensed HMO yeah. so it's in that sweet spot as well uh, so you can make some cash flow out of it while you wait in a few years for a bounce back in capital appreciation yeah and this looks like a ex-council or council managed building and yeah. possibly the, usually with those being the service charges are Cheaper. extremely low yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking it doesn't look like a mansion block. And normally when I'm looking at these kind of flats in those kind of areas, it's the mansion blocks that worry me with their yes. service charge and sinking funds and, and management X, Y, and Z for every penny they can get. This looks like, I mean, it feels very much like a vanilla investment, but like Ranjan was saying, there are more positives than there are any negatives you could throw yeah. in it. I think, I think the, the one thing I'd want to just make sure of is, we talked about the service charge, so that's the obvious one. The other one is the ground rent. Yeah. How often does that ground rent increase? Because at the moment, a lot of mortgage companies don't like it when the ground rents double, yeah. even if it's every 10 years. So that's one thing to just confirm on. Um, and also to understand if there's been any notices of further works yeah. that need to be done. Again, section 21, yeah. which uh, you, you hear those, you, there's sections for every type of property. So it's not just evicting tenants. The so section 21 is a notice of, of works from the freeholder or management company yeah. on, on a leasehold but, block. But there's a rough rule of thumb on the ground rent issue. That's more of a new issue for leases created after 2010. As a, you, you need to check it out, obviously, mm -hmm. but as a general rule of thumb, leases created before 2000, mm -hmm. this is 1996, would have been at the 100, 200 pound a year type of level. Yeah. This, this was a relatively new fashion of where, <laughs> where developers, particularly with new builds, start to have been fleecing people on high ground mm -hmm. rents. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really like it, especially like you say, put the kitchen into the reception room, have four bedrooms, mm. let it out even on one AST yes. to sharers. Yes. I, I, the area it's in it's going to yeah. just rent all yes. day long yes. you're not going to have voids it's, it's yeah I, I, I really like it well, even if it was on 50% it would still service a manageable debt on that area. well you talked about it being a capital um, appreciation, appreciation but actually I think it would be a bloody good income generating yeah. asset for London so it's yeah. run it as Ranjan says as a mini mo uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean personally I'd do it as all in one AST four sharers to come in it's easy yeah. to Get yeah, especially in that area, you have no problem. There's less money about there as well, isn't there? I think we'll edit this a bit out because I'm going to put in a pre-option offer. All right, for, for me personally, no deal. Depending on price, deal. <laughs> Based on Ranjan's suggestion, that works as a deal for me. It wouldn't be the route I would go down, but yeah. in, in, the, in the circumstance that you presented, that is a deal. Yeah. For the light person, is a deal for me? It, it yeah. Like we were discussing at Baker Street yeah. this evening, it has to be, no, not every scenario, yeah. not every strategy is for, the, for the same yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I'm, when I'm asking for the sort of deal, no deal thing, it's not necessarily for you, but is this a deal uh, that would yeah. make some money for someone on their strategy? So if, if someone was doing a buy-to-let strategy and a short-term capital appreciation strategy, it would work. But yeah. I think the opportunity is that way. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. All right, my next is 36. 36, so 36 is a property that I'm actually selling to one of my clients. Uh, this is a property that I have, uh, this is a client I've sold for before, so they understand how auctions work, but I think I wanted to pick this lot because it's a really good example of how auctions operate in terms of if you want to sell something, you need to offer it to an attractive price mm. and take a risk of uh, it might be selling at, at well below its, its, its market value. The market value of this HMO is around 325 this is what the HMOs sold for within a quarter of a mile of this property. Uh, and uh, these are the kind of typical prices in Coventry. Uh, it, this is producing 34, this is fully licensed, six bedroom HMO, producing 34,000 pounds per annum. The gu it's guided at 230,000 pounds plus. So basically the yield is about, what, 15%? Yeah, gross. Uh, obviously there'll be some yield. operational costs. There'll be some that. operational costs, but uh, the, the important thing about this property is that uh, it's, uh, it's led to professional tenants, and that's mm. an important distinction in Coventry, yeah. because in Coventry a lot of student HMOs are struggling because of new build blocks, new build student accommodation blocks. So uh, an HMO that's uh, suitable and attractive to, to uh, professionals, professionals is, is really good. So why is he selling? He's, he seems to have got the holy grail of HMOs. They're all let, they're all let yeah. to professionals. He's even let out the garage. Yeah, that's right. So, so the, 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 the reason why, uh, why he is basically selling is uh, he wants to uh, raise capital. And that's, that's why he is uh, repurposing his portfolio and he's investing in different things. So okay. some of the uh, HMOs basically are good, but they just take, they just take, they, they're just suitable for different person. I think, I think you made a really, really good distinction there um, because when I looked at this before you had said that, 
my immediate thought was, oh no, another HMO in Coventry that's mm. so sort of oversupplied with it, with HMOs for the student population with all these new build developments up. Mm. And, and I know HMOs for students are struggling there. But obviously going for that different tenant type is great. I think this would suit someone who's already got an HMO business with professionals because it is a lot of work and you are competing. Although there's a lot of student markets, uh, student HMOs out there, what's going to happen is when the students go into these student-built apartments, Mm -hmm. then all these other HMOs are going to start to be repurposed to professionals. So again, it's it's still going to create quite a bit of competition. So I think it's going to suit someone who's willing to get their hands dirty on the management front, and it will it will take quite a bit of um, of, of managing in that. Yeah. So if so, if you've got someone with an existing portfolio there, I think it will suit them well. So I think I think on the management front, actually, I was pl- quite pleased with the fact that the tenants in this property they've been there for two or three years. So there's actually quite a low turnover, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, the properties are already managed by a, 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 a local agent. So. In that sense, it seems like a fairly low uh, maintenance property. Mm-hmm. And I think what's good about this, I just sold, uh, last month I sold a, 15, a 13 bed HMO in Birmingham. That's a bit of a beast. Uh, and, and with a 6 bed HMO, that is very manageable for mm. a lot of people. It's a low you're, entry level. Your, your rooms aren't competing with your own rooms. That's so, right, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people that um, I talk to come to Baker Street, they get into HMOs, but they buy properties and they convert them themselves to um, HMO, make their own HMOs, if you like. Mm. I just wanted to ask you, Jay, I mean, what sort of people tend to buy a ready-made HMO as opposed to, because most of the people I meet seem to make them themselves. Yeah, so I, I think you normally have two classes. And you had Mike Frisbee chairing the, the little mini panel we had yesterday evening, and he's a very big fan of going in and remodelling and repurposing it for his own his own benefit. There are a lot of people who may have gone on HMO courses or got HMO experience, this, that, and the other, but don't really have any building or structural technical experience or skills. So. Uh, in that respect, those are the kind of investors that will come in, see the income, understand how an HMO works, and then either take over the management and income and the asset, um, which makes a lot of sense for, for those individuals. That you, You've built out a couple of HMOs as well, haven't you? Yeah. But I mean, from, from Rod's perspective, you may want to go in somewhere, instead of having a ready-made hot asset, going in and... I, th- I, th- I mean, I always like to add value because yeah. it, it, I, think, I think it makes, makes the whole investment a lot safer. Although it's a lot of effort and some people don't have the time and effort to do that. If you don't have the time and effort to do that, don't buy an HMO because it's time and effort intensive regardless of whether you've got a management company. So for me, I just just don't, don't get it. I don't get why someone would want an existing HMO. I get the yields can be attractive, but actually once you start going over that five, 10 year period, once you look at voids, maintenance, turnover, all those operational expenses, it does start to creep up a little bit. So I guess yeah. it always comes down to like how well systemized you are and, and what kind of Absolutely. support and services yeah. you have in place. But for me, there are, I, I don't do HMOs. I've, I've always been quite honest about that. Residential tenants is, is not my flavour, but if it is... Something like this is going to be well up your street. Yeah, and like I said, is if, if you've got an existing operational or operation, like a, you've got you're managing your own HMOs in that area for professionals, then it can suit you because it, it's a nice bolt on. That's what I don't in. get because I but, but everything's worth something at a price. Yeah. But the folks who are systemized, they have staff in place and they're in this area and they've got a well-oiled machine for running HMOs. They've also got systemized acquiring sites and converting them into HMOs. I don't know I don't know if if everyone has. I think yes. I think you've got a lot of companies that are more the management side and just want to bolster it on. Especially if they're looking to then sell that management company and things like that in the future and they're looking at right, let's just increase the balance okay. sheet so we can yeah. we can shift it on in the future. But yeah. And you you remember there's a there's a lot of people that see HMOs as a, as a good return on investment. And for a, you know, a, an armchair investor style person, especially if they can get it fully managed at a price, of course, uh, 
it, like everything, it, it depends what price you can get it at. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, on yeah. a on a fifteen percent, you know, it's CV two, which we can assume is close to city centre, based yeah. on postcode. Professional let majority of the tenants have been there two to three years. Inside looks, in, there's a couple of pictures in the catalogue. There's a couple more online. Looks yeah. looks there or thereabouts. I think it looks. I think it looks low risk in terms of what's going to come to sort of bite you in the backside. Yeah. But for me, it's just too labour intensive. I think to be mm. to be a deal for the operational front mm. and with the competition yeah. coming in yeah. that area. I think again for the right person who maybe have five or six or ten different HMOs in the area, um, they just basically buying a property that's. Uh, based on the very much bricks and mortar value and then they basically are buying an income producing asset that they just add to their existing system portfolio and works. No, that is possibly true. I think it'll go to, I mean, thinking about my own past, I have looked at properties which are already multi-let, but they're always down the road from something we've already got yeah. or in a street where we've already got two. So and if you know there's demand there... They will never be out on a limb. It just adds easily to your operational yeah. management of what you've already got. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this will possibly go to someone who's a local player, and there are lots of local players in this West Midlands yep. area. So Lot 36, deal or no deal, Ranjan? Uh, deal for a local player who's already operating in that area HMOs. At the right price, yeah. Deal or no deal, Jack? I'd say deal for the same reason, and maybe even armchair investor as well. I'll chuck them in the mix. I'm going to say no deal. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say a deal definitely at uh, the right price for the right person. 38. Give me lot 38. Ah, fantastic. This is a great lot. Whoa. This is know, a, it's a big monster. monster. It's a, a big monster. <laughs> I mean, this, this was, uh, full disclosure, this was in the last auction. So this was in the September yeah. auction. But it was in the September auction as two separate lots. Yes. And I will tell you why I think Just that was a mistake. Just describe the lot. Yeah. Oh, so describe the lot. So this, this is, is uh, 146 to 152 London Road in Grays. It's lot number 38. The guide price is 1.15 million. It is a substantial, if you can use that word, um, mixed use investment. So to the front, um, so the road frontage, you've got what looks to be four um, shops with flats above. Yeah, it looks like a nice parade of shops. Nice yeah. parade of shops. So it's, unfortunately, it's, it's, well. not all, it's not all five shops in the parade. One is, is owned separately, but you have uninterrupted four yeah. shops in a row. And then you have what can only be described as... <laughs> Massive rearage, um, <laughs> which has got storage well, containers yeah. and existing buildings on there and, and bits and pieces it's a, like it's that. A, it's a very nice size plot. I think. It's, yeah. it's it's got it's got healthy depth and girth and all that fun stuff that we like to see <laughs> from your rearage. From the rearage, um, I'm glad we're all adults here. <laughs> Remember, no one's allowed to be funnier than Ranjan. You, you sit, you'll, you'll be ruined. You'll, you'll leave this office and no one will kill you. So um, I, I picked this because it is. Probably one of the most underperforming assets in the catalogue. Now, I would pick that as an absolute positive. I think, um, especially if you're a value-add investor, I very much would hang my hat on that. I know Rob's a big fan, Piot as well. Um, Rangan's more of a buy-hold, but doesn't mind buying at a discount. Who would? But this this one here is very interesting. So the shops are all let on a license. Which basically means they'll, they'll come and go and they... Interesting. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's less secure for a lender. Less secure for a lender. Which but means also, lower value. No, which exactly. means technically lower value, but it means that you're probably not getting full market rent for it either. But what I like about this is that, so when I said it was in last month's auction, the reason I didn't think it did well is because they separated the lots out. I don't think that would be the best way to handle this side exactly. of potential development. Exactly. I think you would want to be the main interest holder of the, the front in order to make sure any development that you're putting into the rear, you have, you're, you're, not, you're not an objector. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were to sell off the front to a separate party, they may object to right to life for their flats and all these different things. Whereas if you're in control of that whole site, you're in, you have a greater degree of control over what it is that you're able to do. I think it's massively underlet, so it means it has great potential for capital uplift. Um, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be valued on a commercial basis. I think the development there looks more than likely. I think they went in and got some advice for um, seven residential flats. Yeah, uh, they the talk, talked about They talked about it, and there's a pretty little yeah. picture and all that. No, no, no planning. but No planning. Made, yeah, they've, um, they've, they've made it clear that they've done some 
some work on that and they've yeah, got whether it's feasibility yeah. or whatever it may be I mean it's, it's a step in the right direction mm. I wouldn't hang too much hope value on it and even if you don't the buildings to the rear um, you could have a fair bit of fun uh, I, I just think I, I love this lot I think there's so much opportunity and I think the downsides are covered as well yeah. you've already got an existing income of 78 yeah. grand against a 1.15 million um uh, site with some vacant units with with vacant units with underperforming units that can be repurposed even looking at the flats above the shops none of them have had the lofts done you can increase the scope of those and increase the rents there there is just so much opportunity i think to add value to this site with so little downside yeah. I, I i think it's a great one I, th- I think the opportunities here are because you've got four units on the ground floor and they're on the corner and there it's uh, London Road seems like a main road mm. in, in Greece. Uh, yeah. I would say put someone like uh, Tesco or a, a sort of a more of a Double chain. Up. So just like knock through and do like a get yeah, them through the four units. Use the whole space, yeah. uh, increase the income, increase the covenant. Um, and then in terms of the real obviously repurpose, maybe there could be some permitted developments on the upper floors uh, because they are already above the A1 units. Maybe there could be some A1 whatever at the back. That's that's possible. Possible. Um, it's not. Well, I think they're existing it. flats, aren't they, above the yeah, shops? The, yeah. And you can, you can, there's space to go in. Glazers are, you know, up and coming area. The other thing that's useful for people to know is that if you look at the picture, the the picture in the catalogue, you can see that there's plenty of newer building, newer buildings and housing developments in the immediate vicinity mm. right behind. And that shows that people are building and investing yeah. in the area, and, and which is a the, very positive on side. On the far left-hand side of the main image, so if anyone goes on to Auction yeah. House London's website or, or has a copy of the catalogue, you can see a, like a light-bricked walled area to the far left-hand side of the picture. That is a new build development there as well, I'd say completed in the last 24 to 36 months. I was going to make a comment about the licenses on these commercial units. I think it's a good thing because what that does is it gives the purchaser the freedom to chuck people out yeah. to do what they want with, with the site. Now, one opportunity that so may... On that, on, that, on that thing yeah. that gives people freedom, I think only gives people freedom if those licenses are correctly set up because with any commercial license, you need to set it up in a way that... That the tenant gives up the right to the Landlord Tenant Act protection. Yes. And for that, they need to be given notice before that lease is created. Yes. And then they need to sign that notice in the presence of a solicitor yes, and yes, a witness. Yes. And only then that license is valid. So if that license was signed with all those things. But that is a lease outside the Act. This says it's a license. Yeah, but it, there's not such things as a license with commercial tenants if they haven't been served notices. Yes. If there were served notices that are correct, they're perfect, it's a licenses. But if they weren't served proper, proper correct notices, those licenses are essentially leases inside the Act. That's brilliant. And let's assume, though, because yeah. we haven't seen the legal pact, yeah. that the licenses yeah. were... Because I would assume, yeah. it has to be everything I'm assuming needs to be That's checked out, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I would assume that the reason someone did licenses is so that they could have uh, vacant possession of the site. Yeah. That's right. But a possible angle here is also, okay, you've got the development angle in the back, great, but get PD for flat conversion above and behind the existing uh, retail unit. So you, you, under PD you can get two flats above a shop um, and you can get one flat behind. That's Once right. you've established that principle for th- uh, one, two, three, four, that's 12 flats, mm-hmm. Once you've established under PD that you can have 12 flats there, Just on then paper. you can go on for planning yeah. to knock that whole thing down and, come yeah. up with and build 12 flats, yeah. which are much better configured. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, once you've got that, you can go for another floor and all of that. So this is a step-by-step That's game. Right. Yeah. You'll never get a hole-in-one and I think several shots to get the ball again, in the Again, on your the, point, the it's, it's again a detail, but I think yeah. it's an important detail. And I looked at this in... Because I, I had the same thinking with another mm. property that was similar to this, that you can do two flats above a, a one shop, but you can only do that if there's no existing flat above the shop already. Yeah. And if there is already an existing flat, I and then here yeah, you've got, you have existing right, yeah. flats, 
uh, you cannot do it under PD. You could do it possibly under normal application, yeah, which but, would possibly be okay, but, under, but it's a different Under process. PD, what you can do though, if that is the case, you can oh, increase you can yeah. increase the um, size of that existing flat. No, so you, say it's a yeah. one bed flat, you could increase it to a three bed flat. You've actually got two flats above each, yeah. each shop, but what, is, what you can do is make a flat at the back. At the back, yeah. So uh, uh, under PD. So uh, the, the important thing is get usage uh, in writing for 12 flats yes. and then knock it down to make 12 better ones in a yep. purpose-built flock, block which will always give you a better return yes I, do, I just think you're, you're at the moment where development can be risky mm -hmm. you're covering your downside by being able to service your debt Correct. as you go yes and then you can add the value so I just think it's a in terms of risk and opportunity, opportunity in abundance, risk mitigated. Is, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I think it's a fantastic lot. Good stuff, good pick, uh, Jay. Well, deal or no deal? No, um, I think it's a deal because I like development deals where there's cash flow from day one. Deal for all the reasons spoken about. Deal. And a deal. Great. So I expect a big crowd of people now in the audience <laughs> fighting for it. The next lot is lot number 23. This is Sunny Hill Road in Streatham, London, SW16. It's a commercial uh, and residential investment producing £27,800 per year. It's freehold, so on the ground floor we've got a uh, Caribbean restaurant and then on the first floor I believe it's a one-bed flat. First thing I notice about this is just looking at the picture. Sorry, the guide price is 400,000. Um, first thing I notice, there's the ridge height of the neighboring properties are a story higher. And also it looks as though you could also go one story above that uh, as well by putting a loft on. So that would be something I'd wanna straight away look to explore. The other thing is the ground floor shop. It's just been let on a 15 year lease earlier this year with five yearly reviews at £17,000, which is a pretty good rent, actually. Pretty good covenant there. So I just want to check um, about any break clauses and yeah. just check that lease. But on, on the face of it, it looks pretty healthy and pretty strong. And obviously, we've got one bed flat let uh, only in August this year, £900 per calendar month. So again, it's looking at what we can put on top. A bit like the last lot, you you're covering your, 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 you're being able to service your debt from day one, mm. and then you've got that value add of being able to put something on top. It's, it's yeah. not a lot that I think is gonna set the world on fire, but at the same time, it's fairly low risk mm. in, in, my, in my book. And yeah. it's in an area of fan of, it's close to it, two. It, it is in an area of fan of, I've, I've got some stuff in straight up. So, um, and it is, it, it's, it's had huge amounts of, um, of regeneration recently, so it's, it's, it, I say up and coming, it's kind of up and come already, but it's a, it's a, it's a good area, I like it. So, so my thoughts on this property, like when I did the Facebook Live on this on Tuesday, is so, uh, there's a flat there existing, it's about 500 square feet, mm -hmm. it's fairly decent size, That's we saw that from EPC. And in terms of the commercial property, we looked at the Google Street View, and Google Street View was from April last this year, mm -hmm. and it was it's being shown as a burger kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I think the tenants um, changed yeah, there from um, from April this is, this April twenty nineteen. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to be curious how they're going to perform that lease because the lease might be long, but at the same time, yeah, uh, it's um, have they proven the business? Is there a new business? Uh, what is that? What is that? The, the the covenant behind this 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 lease? And then another thing is so so about the flat might be about 250 that's that's if you do it that beautifully nicely that's about 250 yeah. and then the, the shop downstairs it's based on income about 200 225 yeah. so you you get 450 of, of of the value from that from that property so really that the, the the juice in it is the development and the development yeah. is a very speculative thing because uh, i mean it, it's not that speculative but there's no planning on this yet it's this possible planning it looks likely but what is it that you will need to do to actually get this planning on so i think for me the uh, well the, the the development is icing on the cake we know it is that this is going to be a permitted development uh, in not so long future but the and that's fine but i think it should be regarded as icing on the cake i share your concerns 
but I think there's like there's a little bit of silver lining there. The the, the problem with commercial property is um, it, it's a bit like with residential property. Who are the tenants? You know, if someone's an Uber driver as opposed to um, uh, someone who's an executive or whatever, it's a different proposition. Um, this is a brand new business. Yes, they've taken a lease. It's not a chain. It's an unknown restaurant, and these sort of unknown restaurants either make it in six months or they don't. They can run into huge, huge problems. But on the plus side, this was let, was re-let in April of 2019, which is a time when um, there's a huge amount of uncertainty in commercial retail letting space. Mm-hmm. And that says to me that this is an area where there's plenty of occupier demand. If you're re-letting the unit. So it's one thing, yes, you have to look at the business, that's, that's the commercial occupier. And if they're a little bit flaky and you're a little bit worried about them staying, then what underpins that is the lettability of the area. If the area has higher, high occupier demand, then you should be able to, well, swap them out and get someone else in which kind of de-risks the individual tenant, if you like. I mean, if you take Piot's point that he was looking at the street view and it was dated... When was the street view? April 2019. So if you can see that it was previously burger something or other, and then this license... Within two weeks. uh, Within two weeks, they've got this in. And it looks like... I mean, it looks like they've done a little bit of work to it. You know, they've they've obviously added value to the unit in and of itself. Um, I would agree with Ranjan's point that it may not be the best... Uh, in terms of covenant level, but the fact that there is clearly a demand for the commercial space, yeah, I, I, I would be quite comfortable with that. And correct, A3, which is hard to get, yeah. yes, which attracts a little bit of a premium. I, I think, like anything, you go and look at the lease, you look at who the covenant is, and you determine that. But like, and you go and taste the food, yeah. I mean, when <laughs> yeah. I buy a shop and spend yeah. it out to a restaurant, I want to, I actually go in and I, I something off the menu see what the service is like and you can see whether it's going to last you can feel whether it's going to last I tested the shisha restaurant in regards to kind of the development angle as well I don't feel it's as speculative as, as maybe some of you guys do looking at what's here even on the one next door which is a story higher that can still go one more story higher even under PD so from this, you can get that precedent already for another, not one, but probably two stories. So I would be pretty confident in that. And like we say, we're covering that downside by just having a bog standard vanilla kind of income coming in. It's not the best yield in the world. It's not the worst yield in the world. I would like to see how deep that commercial unit goes back. I'd like to know who has um, the access and control over that, what looks to be an alleyway there. Yeah. And I'd be interested to see how, how much that space is being utilised and whether yeah. it can be repurposed for a small little studio to the rear. But again, that is probably far more speculative than anything else we discussed in this Yeah, time. obviously, yeah. We need, you need to go and have a look at it. You oh, need yeah. to go and have a look at sort of planning, look yeah, at the plans uh, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So deal, no deal? Deal for me. I'll chuck in a deal for that, yeah. I think for me at the guide price it's a deal anything above the guide price maybe 5 10k that's yeah. it I agree uh, with that, yeah. not much more so now guys you know his upper limit <laughs> <laughs> just a penny more we'll get it on the day <laughs> no right it's a nice little commercial this one lot 14 is a shop in uh, Croydon Surrey it's a corner shop you get the whole freehold uh, so the upper parts have been sold off on long leases or what have you. Uh, but what you've got is a corner. It, it seems it, it's a busy junction. It's on a traffic light. It's on a busy sort of road and all the rest of it. The Pearly Way, uh, 335 Pearly Way. So you know it's a massive long main road. DR0, which is um, uh, pretty much banging um, uh, the Croydon area. Now... The, what I like about this is you're buying the freehold and you're just buying the... So you have full control and you're just buying the shop so you don't have to worry about any of the residential elements and what to do with those. Um, it's, it is vacant. Uh, the guide price is 65 grand. And you're getting 333 square foot of space. Now, what I know is in the M25, um, you know, shops which left for less than 8, 9k a year are exceptionally rare, especially corner plots, because people love corner plots because they have window frontage that people can see. They're great for service sector businesses, because when you look at a retail and it's empty, who can you imagine there? 
You know, if you've got plenty of window space, then you could see some service sector business such as a hair salon or a nail bar or, or one of these sort of service type providers or even a small coffee shop occupying that space, benefiting from the footfall and benefiting from the window frontage that people yeah. can look in and see what's happening. Just for advertising. Well, that's, no. got, that's got a state agency office written all over it, hasn't it? Yeah. Maybe so 10 years ago. Yeah. It's online now. Yeah. But no, seriously though, I mean, it, it's 65k. The uncertainty here is that someone's going to take a punt in their ability to rent this out. Um, and until you, but as soon as you've got a tenant, you've added value. And I can't believe that this property will let for less than 10k a year. So if you are picking it up for guide or a little bit more, you secure a tenant at that sort of 10k level or more, then and you get them in on a on a. I mean, with these sort of shops, it's quite hard to get people to commit to 10 years. It would typically be a five-year lease. Yes, yeah, five to seven. Um, nice. And the yield um, will be a little bit. Uh, valuation will be a little bit higher than, say, with a 10-year uh, lease. Um, but you'd st- it would still value up around about the 7 7.5% level, which is a very, very quick profit for the sake of putting a tenant in a corner shop. Because corner shops are rare. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, middle Especially shops are to a penny. And what, what a great opportunity for an owner-occupier as well. Yes, um, that would be your yeah. biggest competition yeah. in the room, yeah. always. Like, yeah. And if you, Small SME yeah. business provider who's, if, who's local to the area. If I'm local to the area and we're, we're leasing a, a premises and we want our own, it's not a huge barrier to entry to get in there. It's going to be a lot less on, for mortgage costs than probably what you're renting. You're paying that down over a period of time. I think, I think it's a great opportunity for someone, um, for an owner-occupier. Yeah, I agree. How about we do a joint venture? Like, you guys are <laughs> special, I'll cover the stamp duty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find the tenant. <laughs> no yeah, what I like about this one is that there is going a commercial stamp duty, which uh, on this is going to be zero, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, lovely. Um, but the, the, the other thing I will say, um, when we let out retail, um, there is price per square foot in an area, but there's always a premium for a corner plot, for the, for the frontage and the yeah, extra yeah. footfall and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, even if you, you look at this one, a price per square foot, was it going to be, say, 80k for this property, divided by 333, 240 pounds per square foot. For a field property. On a main road. On the main road. Okay, sorry, but corner. it's Croydon, so I'll yeah. call it Londonish. Yeah. That, that is that is good. Mm. Is there potential for PD? I don't think no. so. No. 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 no, not with the neighbouring properties on either side. And, and, and the fact it's an, on a, it's on a landmark corner. position, yeah. I don't think so. But it's a shop. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's where it is. It, su- it suits... Um, it suits uh, commercial, I think. The other it's thing that I think... Um, well, I'm just like, <laughs> you're, you're playing the devil's advocate, yeah? <laughs> so uh, what are the risks? Uh, just to add to this, this is a cracking thing for people looking at putting something in their SaaS because one of the big problems with SaaSes and pension investing is that you can only invest in commercial property. Yeah. And it takes many years to build a cash pot until you can get something sizable in your pension that you can actually make an investment. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a great starter. Uh, very few bars to enter on this one. Stamp duty included if you're a SAS or SIP in, um, but that, investor. But that, that could be a good and bad thing. A good and it bad can thing. push up the competition and push up the price. So. Again, I, it I seems a vacant asset, so it, a lot of people will, um, especially at that kind of lower level, with lower well, bar. The trick is, the strategy that I advocate, and this is a bit of a, a freebie from my sort of courses and stuff, you buy this in your company, uh, you get the tenant in, and then you flip it to your SAS. SAS yeah. At the under stamp duty level, you don't pay the stamp duty, and you've basically extracted money from your company to contribute to your SAS in the first place, and then your SAS pays it back to you yeah. when you flip it to your own pension. So there it's you go. That's, 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 uh, that Ranjan has, disc- has taught you how to do a legal Ponzi scheme with your own SAS. And now this is going to sell for one third. <laughs> I'm sure the vendor will be very happy and will send you a bottle of wine or something. <laughs> so, de- case, de- come on. deal or no deal then? Ranjan? Deal, I don't think it's too bad. Yeah. Deal. Good. So, uh, lot three uh, is my next pick. It's 84B Brookville, Brook Mill um, Road in Lewisham, SE8. Uh, guide is 300,000. 
this is a ground and lower ground floor two bedroom masonette offered with vacant possession. It looks rather tidy. Um, it is in the St. John's conservation area. The uh, basement was pre-existing to, to, um, to the building and they got permission to convert that into a capital room. So the basement is now the master bedroom which I understand has light wells through its own little rear courtyard garden. I, I picked this one out just because it's, it's an interest lot. It looks quite attractive. Um, it's close to transport. It's in, it's in a, you know, a fairly accessible part of London. There's two or three stations within fairly easy walk. It's amazing, it? so it's over two floors. And got its own entrance. It's got its own separate entrance. It's got its own private courtyard garden, which looks a little bit like you know, the, uh, the secret garden. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I quite like it. It's it, it comes across. It has that very distinct smell of uh, owner occupier seller, who's uh, not had very much luck with um, open market estate agents. Mm. Um, and I think when this was last on the market, it was on it around the four fifty mark. Um, so this uh, represents a marked uh, discount to um, estate agents' perceived market value. Uh, whether that is something to to hold a bias to or a value in. How would you make money from this? Um, you must be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's this. This for me is a very easy um, hold hold and rent. Job. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's Lewisham. It's SEA. Uh, the capital value is is would increase um, short to mid term. And when I mean short, I mean in the next twenty four months, mid term to maybe up to fifty months. Uh, so two to six years, I think it will do quite well. Uh, and in the interim, you've got something in a nice area which will be doing more than servicing the debt. Mm. I think the rental on that would be at least, what, 15, 14, 15? So there's no development potential. No. This is a straightforward no. buy-to-let, single-family let, obviously. Single, yeah. Uh, it's not multi-let or anything like that. Very vanilla. Um, I quite like I it. I think this is kind of like a property where a child would buy this uh, because parents are giving uh, them the money and then they would just like stay there and they're buying maybe 20, 30, 40,000 pounds below what they would buy through an estate agent. Mm. Is, it, I don't think none of us here would pick this up as, a, as think, an interesting lot. Just, I think it's, a, it's one for an owner occupier to, yeah. to, to buy and get a nice discount on market so. rate. It's, it's but good. it does show that the auctions do, does have yeah. that range. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a very, it's yeah. A, it looks yeah. like a very lovely flat. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And it's got this. Uh, Inter like interesting features and I think that's what attracts people to it I think price yeah. with features and then suddenly people go crazy because nothing like that that they can find in another five no. years yeah. yeah and that's why we don't want it it's too nice we want yeah. you know we want it <laughs> we to want be thinking of cat's piss <laughs> damp on Not the wall windows <laughs> wallpaper broken windows missing tiles on the roof exactly yeah. all of that you know that's what we get excited by yeah. really yeah cat piss <laughs> <laughs> so um any, any more thoughts on this one then? I don't. I, I wouldn't say it was a deal. I just like point out it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It shows uh, it's clearly an owner occupier seller. It's yeah. clearly going to be an owner occupier buyer, um, and that just gives you the idea of, of you know what the auctions are yeah. capable of, really. So deal or no deal? No deal. No deal for me, but I think it'll be an interesting watch. And the one I would like to uh, monitor from this, because it's an indicator of the market. You see, when you get this is an A1 property, which is typically going to go to an A to a owner occupier. When the market's buoyant and at its peak, you find the differential between what this type of property goes for in auction to what it goes for with an estate agent very very minimal yeah. within within five six percent sometimes. Now. It'll be interesting to see how much differential this one sells for in the auction as opposed to in an estate agent. Mm -hmm. My guess it would be 20-25% really be an indicator of the market as it is but, now. But, I don't know what you think but about it's, that. But I think it's very difficult to understand what it would sell for in an estate agent because I want to see if it has been put on the market with estate agents because I'd imagine it probably has and they, mm. they couldn't sell it. Um, so, so how about we do a, a, a bet? Mm. Five pounds from everyone. Okay. And then we'll Skin think the what it's going to sell for. Okay. I'm going to go 320. 320. Rod 320k. Actually, no, sorry. 335. I just realised what the reserve would be. <laughs> <laughs> How do you remember the 10 percent rule? Thank God someone did. <laughs> All right. 335 from Rod. Ranjan. 
Um, I think it might go... I, I think that it won't sell yeah. in the room when the hammer goes down, and it will sell after. For mm-hmm. more? Um, for probably about for an three. undisclosed amount. Yeah, for an undisclosed amount. I'd be happy to do it privately, but um, just, for the, just for the benefit of the £5 bet. But yeah. 320 ish, okay. but I think it would be unlikely to sell in the room. It'll go after. That would okay. be my bet. Ranjan after 320, Jay. I'm going balls deep on this one, guys. I'm going uh, No, I'm going 350, a tiny 350. See, I, I think it's strong because, like you said, with the market's down, you don't get people coming to auctions who are owner occupiers to buy. The they can get yeah. deals yeah. in the open market exactly. by yeah. putting yeah. their offers out. Uh, I think that's a really good point. Okay. I, uh, and me. Sorry, I'll cut you. I'm with Ranjan, it's not going to sell. Yeah. And it's going to sell after the auction. But it's going to sell for three or five. Three or five, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Oh, so conservative there, Right. Who has got the next lot? Yes, who's next, Bjorn? I think it must uh, be you. Yeah, so it's me. And I, I just I picked up like a, a lot that we don't really... It's not a usual auction lot. 29. Oh, no, I, I like Oh, I, I know a fair bit about this one. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot in Littleborough, in Lancashire, OL50. Oh, okay. It's a care home. Uh, it's being sold by order of fixed charge receivers. The guide price is £2,650,000 plus, and the care home is a new built care home providing 57 ensuite rooms with lift access and 12 car parking spaces. And it seems like it's built in the middle of like a field or somewhere like mm-hmm. a, in, a, in the area of like... It looks like a nice building. It looks yeah. like a nice building. You've, got, you've got the train station, literally, if you look on the far left-hand side of that picture, you could yeah. probably look over a couple of hedges and that's, that's a train station. It's really, one of those yeah. level crossing yeah. train stations. Okay. So okay. You've got close transport links there. This was part of a larger development, so you may see a little development yeah, yeah, sign here. Um, so on the right hand side of that picture was a small development of um, terraced and end terraced houses um, and this was all done to the rear of a public house which I think is, oh. still, is still open and there's a couple of commercial units but if you go onto the main road it's a big residential area who do you think this is an opportunity for? Existing care homes, yeah, right? that's what I have. It has to or, be, yeah. Or, or yeah. a specialist housing provider, so to be yes. oh, yeah. into yeah. some sort of... But that be subject to planning, which would be... It's often well, difficult to get, because then you have to yeah. convince the council that there's no demand for a care facility. Well, actually, if, if they are a specialist um, provider, then all they would, they would probably have an agreement or get yeah. a licence from the council for yeah. a variation while they're using it for that purpose, rather yeah. than changing the use of time. It's interesting about who it's being sold by as well. So it's being sold by the fixed charge receivers. So it's trying to understand what happened there. Was it as the developer? Uh, did the developer go into trouble or did they sell it on and someone then did, yeah. wasn't able to make it work? What what happened there? Yeah. It's be, be it interesting to understand that. It's interesting. And I want to like, so just quickly about a lot that I was reviewing actually yesterday. It was... Uh, a row of six terrace houses in Kent and it's being sold by countrywide property managers mm-hmm. which basically means I thought it's a repossession so, and it seems like a very attractive property because it was being sold at 1.1 guide and the properties are worth easily 1.8 mm. so it looked very interesting it looks new built as well so when I looked into this and I called some agents they actually told me that this property was bought by the insurers and the insurers basically uh, had to... So were these new, new build houses? New build houses. So were they bought by the um, NHBC? Yeah. Which basically tells me there's some form of subsidence, yeah. not normally that, some that, structural That issue. is the case, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I wonder if, if in here it's a financial issue as well, oh, or if it might be... I mean, I, I, would be, I would be looking at this... Um, to buy and line up a care operator to take a long lease, maybe a 30-year lease, and ideally I'd want an operator that's backed by the government. So if you're looking at, say, charities, things like that, that are on a compass contract, so it's all underwritten by the government, so if that charity organisation goes bust, they reappoint someone else. Because then you're starting to look at securitised income, which is securitised by the government, which is Mm. savers' houses, and then you can look at doing some interesting things by 
them starting to sell off the income streams and things that like that. That is a good angle. I think the, the, the saving grace for this one is the modern building. Mm. Um, and many, a lot of these care homes are running into trouble because the yeah. building is uneconomical. Well, it's, it's because you've got the CQC, which is the Care Quality Commission, yeah. has come in and a lot of them, like you say, are unfit for modern day purpose. Yeah. So this one's clearly been built. One thing I want to check is has it been signed off by CQC? Because that could be another reason mm. why, why uh, maybe something hasn't already got in there. Assuming you can get CQC in there and they're happy with it, and to be honest, I'm sure if it wasn't, it would be fairly easy fixes from what it looks like, but, and then get that covenant in, that would be great, or have an operator buy it. I think the key is to get behind the story of um, <coughs> uh, why it's in fixed charge receivers. So has it gone um, by an existing operator? Because there are a lot at the I mean, I know the, you'd think the care home industry should be booming, but a lot of the private operators are in serious trouble because of the cost yeah. of running that yeah. operation, even at £1,000 a week income. The sheer cost of keeping it all staffed yeah. adequately I mean, is a big issue. I've seen a guys. couple of other pictures, because there's one or two more online. It looks like it has never been used. Yeah. But I think the development finished uh, <coughs> late 2017, early 2018. So it's been sitting gathering yeah. dust. Maybe it was a case that they had an operator lined up and one of these operators went into trouble. Yeah. So they, they I mean, this is um, X number of miles away from Leeds to the, uh, to the east. And... X number of miles away from Manchester to, to the south and to the south and east. That may um, well be the story because there have been some high-profile care providers that have gone yeah, to the wall in the last couple yeah. of years, and this just could be one of I, theirs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think if you've got contacts within that industry and you've got mm. care operators that are ready and looking for sites. I think if you can get these moving parts into play, it's yeah. going to be a fantastic deal for someone. Um, it just depends on whether you are someone yeah. in, in that in that. Well, I in think that the industry, really. in this one, like with previous properties, we are looking at mostly commercial people that are already producing income. Mm. This is not producing income, and it's a big risk because you need to put that money up front. And then you need to well, somehow I th- find. I think. I think the key is is to line up that covenant and get it in there within the time frame of completion. And I think to do that realistically on an auction property, and I, I, I haven't read where where in the, December. In December, yeah, in December, <laughs> and where when the yeah. completion date is. I think that's going to be very very tricky. So I yeah. think it really requires an operator or someone who's got. Who, who is very in the industry. So. <laughs> Deal or no deal? And for someone, it would be a deal. For someone with deep pockets and vision. Um, I, I look at these sort of premises, and I, when I actually, because I, I like to, um, uh, when I go to auctions, interesting lots, I go up and talk to the person who's won it, and just to find out what the backstory is. And when I see stuff like this, invariably it goes to someone who is in that business. Yeah. Because for someone who's in that business, to buy this ready-made is just a... You know, I see this all the time with restaurants. They're all done up, and they just um, they're up for sale at auction. And someone with a restaurant in the neighbouring town just buys it because it's so simple for them to mm. change the sign and get going. They're the ones that are going to make maximum out of this. So yeah. it's a deal for those guys. Yeah, yeah, agreed. For for Rod's avatar, it's 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 a, it's a perfect deal. Uh, again, the concern here would be time scales and timelines but I think if you are in and there is value they see there they will move quick enough if they have the need enough for the rooms I yeah. totally agree if, if you're not in that industry it's not, it's something to stay clear of if you are in it's something definitely to uh, I mean best case if you're not in that interest it, it, like Ramjan was saying it's an interest lot you just want to see what happens <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's the beauty of the auction it gives you such a, a wide view of, of, the, uh, of the property market in general as a barometer um, something like this it's, it's, there's no waste of time it's interesting that it's been brought to this auction which is predominantly residential and why it hasn't gone into something a little bit more focused on, on that commercial side and I I'm not sure if that will sort of tell us anything about the story but it's just, mm. it's just interesting to see that yeah um, yeah. Okay. So, great. Sounds good. Is that is that well, the final lot? Or yeah, that's the final lot. Fantastic. So again, the date of the auction is 11th. Wednesday, the eleventh of December, twenty nineteen. So 
possibly some bargains to be had while people are out Christmas shopping. Um, and obviously that is, well, that is one day before the general election as well. So it will be interesting to see how, how things are selling, uh, how many people are in the room, that kind of thing. December's notoriously a great time to buy and get deals. Yeah. So uh, I'll be definitely watching that. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of auctions that are actually on the 12th and there are a couple of auctioneers who actually moved their auctions from uh, week one and a half to, to week two-ish. Oh, did it? So to have it after, to right, it okay, after right. Yeah, yeah. moved theirs from uh, early December to the 15th, 16th. So uh, there's two trains of thought. Um, there's a train of thought before all hell breaks loose, sell as much as you can, or <laughs> once all hell is broken loose, see what you can sell. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's no right way. Yeah. Um, the important thing for me uh, in, in, in any property issue or any property matter is it doesn't really matter when you're buying as long as you buy well. The only real issue that you face is um, when you sell the market that you sell into. So as long as you're able to maybe take a Ranjan style view of uh, buy and hold and see what the market does in the next couple of years, then you're in a good place. If you're looking to flip to it from a December auction to a Feb auction, may not be the best marketplace for you at the moment. Mm. Interesting. Thank you very much to all the guests here at Rockcast. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help in uh, getting exposure out there for other listeners to find us. Join me next time for more detailed discussions about property on The Rodcast.